to Rise Up with Orion's podcast. Thank you so much for joining this episode. I am so excited about it for personal and professional reasons. Um, and I am so lucky, lucky to have been introduced to our expert today, Missy Beaver. She is an amazing person who really, if I dare say, Missy, I'll let you tell your amazing story in just a minute, but you've really grabbed the you know horse by the reins and kind of brought it back into you know your own hands with I which I find so amazing so I don't want to take the wind out of your sails but to introduce Missy briefly um she was diagnosed with Hashimoto's disease at the age of eight after gaining nearly 50 pounds over a matter of months and as many of you can probably imagine, when a diagnosis like that comes when you're eight, the only thing you can do is follow the doctor's advice. And she did exactly that. And unfortunately, um, weighed over 275 pounds at one point or another through this you know, disease that she was given a diagnosis of. So rather than giving into the disease and becoming a victim of that, Missy will tell you more about it. She got her master's degree in nutrition. She even bought her own health food store in an attempt to solve these problems with thyroid symptoms and Hashimoto's disease. So Missy, I'm going to stop there. I'm going to let you tell your story rather than, you know, attempting to do it any justice. So welcome to the podcast today. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you so much. I liked how you told my story better than I do. So go on. <laughs> no, I know, right? I know. I wish that I could, but it, you know, from your own words, kind of tell us a little bit more about that and kind of how it affected you and why you decided to go down the path that you did so we can share that knowledge with our, our guests today. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, thyroid disease is not something that's unique. I, I realized that I struggled with it from a young age, which, you know, shaped my life and career, but so many women and men struggle with this and it's it's a very common problem in modern day. But for me, um, at being diagnosed as a kid, it 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 opened my curiosity and I had to find answers. So like you said, it led me into nutrition. I bought a health food store because I tried all the supplements and it turned out to be cheaper <laughs> to own a health food store. <laughs> so did that and you know just was seeking for answers, which we'll talk more through this podcast about where that led me. But um, but yeah, it's been a journey and it's been it's been a, a joy and honor to learn along the way and to find solutions that helped me reverse my own Hashimoto's. And I now use these tools with women all over the country and I'm helping them do the same. So it's it's a joy. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat about it today. Yes, definitely. One of the words that I really want to point out that Missy just said is reverse Hashimoto's disease. Reverse being the key word, which I'm sure at the age of eight and beyond, they probably said this was impossible. Oh yeah, and this is a big thing that I talk about all the time is the mindset piece of it because so many of us have been to the doctor and we've had an experience with a doctor where they say something like, in this case, you know, you have thyroid disease, it's not reversible, you're gonna have it forever and just take this pill. You'll just take one pill every day for the rest of your life and this is the only solution. Now, that was the language I heard at eight years old, and I continued to hear that language. I took thyroid meds for 28 years before I was able to come off of them. But that was a big thought that was programmed in my head, this belief that I would never get better. This is just how my life is now. I just have to take these pills. There's no solutions. And that belief alone, a lot of people share it. A lot of people share that belief because the doctors teach us that at every single visit. And... For me, overcoming that belief was a huge part of my healing, understanding that 
you can reverse your disease. You can reverse thyroid disease. There are solutions. You can get off medication. You have to look at the root cause of the problem. And if you're only taking a prescription, you are never doing that. You're just masking the symptoms. So from the doctor's point of view, I, I'm not a doctor shamer. I, I don't want this, any of our conversation to sound like the doctors are bad or we shouldn't see them. I'm not, I'm grateful. And my doctors helped me in my, my experience in my path. But from the doctor's point of view, there is no cure for thyroid disease because no one ever gets cured. They just take <laughs> prescriptions. Right, right. Yeah, so and it I is think, true. Yes, and I'm living so much of that, and that's why I'm so excited to have been introduced to you, is I'm dealing with that battle myself right now, you know, to tell a lot of our listeners, you know, I, you know, try to be healthy. And at the same time, I've been on thyroid medication myself and not asking the right questions. So I thank goodness, thanks to you, Missy, I'm asking my doctor the right questions. And I was able to ask her so many of these questions just yesterday. So I'm hoping my lifelong, you know, pill taking for thyroid is hopefully gonna come to an end, but we'll see, you know, you never know um, because so many people suffer from this. So I really, you know, there's a graphic that's in the show notes. I'm also showing it on my screen for those listening live. Um, it is Thyroid Awareness Month, which is great, but you can also see so many of the statistics, Missy, that you and I are in um, or have been in, if I dare say. Yeah. Um, so what is this thyroid? Why? What is this little thing? I know it's in our neck and I know it does a whole bunch of things for us, but tell our listeners who may be unaware what this little tiny little organ does for us. And Tara, thank you. Thank you. How much time do you have? I know, I know, right? <laughs> You're going to shut me up. Uh, I love the thyroid. And for those that are listening, if you can't see the graphic, I want to review these numbers really quick because I think it's good. And I pulled this from a public health site. I should have a better reference. I think it was the CDC. But it's just, you know, in celebration of January is Thyroid Awareness Month. So it tells us that one in 10 people, one in 10 people have a thyroid problem. So I'd be really curious for the listeners on the call, those of you that can access the chat, I'm curious out of your 10 friends, it, does one of them have a thyroid problem? And is it more than that? Because when I read this stat, I thought about the 10 people closest to me. It's more like five, five of the people that I know have thyroid issues. And granted, I come from a family where everyone has thyroid issues and also because of my work and career, I probably have 10 out of 10 <laughs> that have thyroid <laughs> issues because, you know, that's who I attract. But one out of 10 people have a thyroid disorder. Now, one out of eight women will develop a thyroid disorder in their lifetime. So that tells us that, yes, these thyroid diseases are more, women are more prone to it. And um, it's the women that have uh, really more, more impact from thyroid dysfunction. And then my favorite is the one on the right side that says more than half of the people in America suffer from thyroid disorders that are undiagnosed. So here we hear that one in 10 people have it, one in eight women are gonna get it, but half of the US doesn't even know. It's more than that, that statistic <laughs> is off when people don't know, right? It, which is just funny to me, because I'm like, if you don't know, how do you have a statistic of it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just fantastic, stats are great. So. Why most people don't know is because of the poor quality of uh, the testing that we use right now within the medical model. So to answer the question, the thyroid, it sits right here. I don't know if you can see me, I'm rubbing my neck. So it's right below your Adam's apple and it is as thick as about two credit cards stacked together. So if you can grab the visual on that, it's nothing. Like this tiny little lady, she is so sleek and slim and it is 
so important for our total, total body health. So I'm going to share a stat with you. I don't know if I've told you this, Tara, but I, you need to prepare your face because I want to see your response when I tell you this. And everyone on the call, it's going to change your life. Are you ready? Every single cell in your whole body has a thyroid receptor on it. Every single cell. Every single cell. So as a nutritionist, this boggles my mind because not every cell has a carbohydrate receptor or a protein or needs fat. But every single cell on your body has and needs thyroid hormone. Let me see your face, Tara. Is that crazy? Right? Whoa. <laughs> well, if you can write in the chat just... box, those that are live, tell me in the chat box if that is mind boggling <laughs> because that should tell you how important this little gland and the neck is, right? It's not, it's not just a passing thing that's not important. So what happens is every single cell is needing these hormones, right? So with thyroid dysfunction, you will have things like cold hands and feet, even down in our fingertips, they need thyroid hormone. Your hair will fall out. You'll gain weight. You'll have issues with anxiety, feeling like you can't get a deep breath in. You'll have issues with your hormones, um, all kinds. There's over 300, 300 things that can happen when this two credit card little lady's not functioning, right? So is the thyroid gland important? Oh, yes. Now, how they test it when we go to the doctor. So let's say I go to the doctor and I'm like, okay, my hair's falling out. I'm depressed. I'm bruising. I'm not sleeping at night. I'm having all these issues. So the doctor's like, oh yeah, those, those sound like thyroid symptoms. So let's check your thyroid. So what they do is they do a test called TSH. Tara, you've had this done, right? Yeah, just yesterday. Yep. Oh, maybe we'll talk about <laughs> again. It. Again. Uh huh. And for uh, for those of you in the the chat, if you're here, I'd love to know if you've had this test done, the TSH test. So the TSH test stands for thyroid stimulating hormone. Now, what that means is, remember, every cell in your body has a thyroid receptor. So if I'm having cold hands and feet, that means the little cells in my hands are going to be like, Missy needs more thyroid hormone. She's gaining weight, her hair's falling out, her hands are cold, she's having issues with her digestion, she needs more. So my brain will be like, oh, the cells have a problem. So it picks up the phone and it calls down to my thyroid and it says, make more. Okay, that's the message. Thyroid stimulating hormone. So it's your brain telling your thyroid to make more. Cool. Now, TSH is a little bit confusing because the higher the number goes, the lower your thyroid production is because essentially your brain's like, make more, make more, make more, right? So you go to the doctor, they take your thyroid stimulating hormone. They're checking to see if your brain is talking to your thyroid. Good. Now, that range is 0.5 to 5 huge range. What we know from research is people with healthy thyroids are usually below one. The number is below one. Now there are millions of people who have a TSH between one and five. And if your TSH is, you know, three or four or even 4.9, your doctor will look at that and be like, nah, you're within normal limits. Everything's fine. But what that actually is telling us is that your brain is getting louder and louder and louder at telling your thyroid to make hormone. So this is where the problem comes in. The thyroid, when it receives that message, 
it responds by making T4. Have you heard of that one, Tara? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So T4, it's four iodine molecules stuck to a protein. If you're listening to this, I've got four fingers in the air with a fist attached. So four iodines and a protein, that is the thyroid hormone. Now, remember it made it because the brain told the thyroid to make T4. Now, this is another mind boggling fact. Tara and everyone listening, get your faces ready. We make all of this T4 because your brain was like, Missy's tired. She's having anxiety. She needs more thyroid hormone, make more. TSH tells my thyroid, thyroid makes T4, okay? Now here's the kicker. My cells can't use T4. What? Why did you make all that T4? Why did you do that? And it's because the body loves to be prepared. So I compare this to having a bunch of food storage. Like you go out and you buy cases of stuff at Costco and you have all the cans and then you don't have a can opener. Mm. Huh. So we've right. got a ton of T4, but the cells can't use it because the T4 has to go into the liver and gut, get converted to T3, and that's what the cells have a receptor site for. Okay? So just checking TSH, uh-uh. That didn't tell us if the cells got the T3. We didn't get any information about the T3 by just checking TSH. And the bulk of my clients, myself included, I was broken at the conversion from T4 to T3. That's where most people are broken. So if we just check your TSH, that number could be fine. Mm -hmm. We could check your T4, that might be okay. But then when we check your T3, we find out that your levels are rock bottom. They're not getting to your cells. You feel like garbage. And that is where the breakdown is. So what doctors do most times is they give you a T4 med. So they're like, oh, okay, Tara, it looks like your TSH is six. This is the problem. You have a thyroid problem. Let's give you level thyroxine or synthroid. It's a T4 only med. So you take the T4 only med, but if you were broken at the conversion, <laughs> yeah, ain't nothing happening here. Hmm. But so you might feel better temporarily and some women, women experience that. I'm not leaving out men in this discussion, by the way, I just work with women, but men have very similar experiences as well. So when I say women, it's not because I'm excluding men. <laughs> it's just <laughs> my specialty. But um, so if you take more T4 meds, but you're not converting them to T3, we didn't solve a problem and we actually can um, develop bigger problems. But what does happen in that process is your TSH will go down. So you'll go back to the doctor and they'll take your TSH and they'll be like, oh, now it's too low. <laughs> so so that can opener is now dull and now your can opener <laughs> isn't working again. Yeah, so now they'll lower your thyroid dose and then you'll take less T4 and then you'll feel like garbage and you'll regain all of those symptoms and your weight and all those things will happen. And you'll go back to the doctor and they'll be like, oh, your TSH is high now. And they'll raise your dose. And so I call that the unfortunate thyroid wheel. I got stuck in that for 28 years. 28 years, I was a hamster just running laps around this wheel, higher, lower, higher, lower, higher, lower, until I started to question why, why was I not converting T4 to T3? And that is where the healing is. And um, my focus is in the gut because the bulk of the time there's some imbalance in the gut that creates that poor conversion issue. 
and it's totally fixable. We just got to find out what's going on. Yeah. You know, Missy, one of the questions that I'm thinking of as well, because my situation is different, but we did have a question that was sent in um, that the levels are normal. So say the TSH is normal, but they're having all these physical, mental, emotional symptoms. Is that possible where maybe the, the number looks great that your doctor's testing, but you know something's yep. off? Yeah. So my first question for that would be what number was drawn and it's probably TSH. So yes, millions of women have normal TSH levels because remember the range goes from 0.5 to 5. So yeah, you could have a level of three or four and your doctor would say, oh, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. But that's yeah. four times what you should be. Exactly. Yeah. Then my situation was the exact opposite where they were looking at the numbers, um, strictly the numbers, and they said, wow, there's an issue with the numbers. Do you feel okay? Do you have one of these 300 symptoms? And I said, yeah, nope. I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, so you mentioned a lot of those physical symptoms um, that, you know, really we all should be listening to our bodies. And you talked about being mindful of those things. You know, a lot of those physical symptoms to look at. Um, if someone is, you know, evaluating their, their body, um, in their mind, what are some of those that really stick out if there may be a problem, but the actual lab tests haven't been drawn? You know, thank you for that question. And I, I super love your experience. Like you were saying, it's like, well, the numbers say this. Mm -hmm. Here's the list. Yeah, I'm a bigger fan of the intuition in your body because mm -hmm. you live in your body and you're the expert. And the the first rule of medicine is to first do no harm. So if somebody is not symptomatic, then I, the labs can lie. Labs can lie. So we need to do deeper looking. We need to do some deeper testing and see what's going on. But um, to answer your question on the symptoms, most people that have a thyroid symptom or a thyroid struggle, they'll know. <laughs> you're you're mm -hmm. going to know pretty quick because the thyroid, like I said, it controls every cell in the whole body, but its biggest role is to control metabolism. So those pounds that start creeping on that's a big, a big clue for a lot of people. And that will happen regardless of diet. So, you know, you'll uh, 10 pounds sneak on with the holidays. Sure. That can happen. But then you start sneaking five pounds and five more, and then your energy starts to dip with that. And then the anxiety creeps in and then you start having blood pressure issues and then your cholesterol goes up. And that is a really important marker I want to talk about because a lot of people will go to the doctor and have these symptoms and their thyroid will be normal, but they will have elevated cholesterol. And elevated cholesterol is a huge clue that the thyroid's not working because the thyroid's responsible for clearing. It helps the liver clear cholesterol out of the blood. So it means we didn't do enough testing on the thyroid to know what's really going on. And what happens oftentimes is doctors put people on statins and guess what statins do? They suppress thyroid function. <laughs> oh man, just another another whammy monkey wrench in the whole tool. It is it is nuts. So so many of my clients get in this wheel. They get stuck in this wheel. They get high blood pressure meds. They get cholesterol meds. Then down the road, guess what? They develop a thyroid problem. Now they're on thyroid meds. Then they end up with diabetes. And it's this whole do 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 do, do prescription thing that happened by not pulling the right tests to begin with and not correcting the thyroid issue. Right. Yep. And asking, asking the right questions. So yeah. Misty, one of the, one of the questions that always count comes up with me when I'm in conversation about, you know, the joy of thyroid issues um, is the hypo versus hyper 
Um, can you explain the difference between those and are the symptoms opposite like the words are? Oh yeah. Great question. So most people struggle with hypothyroidism and that is where the gland is underproducing that T4 that we talked about. So if you don't have enough T4 and you also are sluggish at converting it to T3, your poor little cells aren't getting what they need. So the cells slow down, metabolism slows down. Those are the symptoms we talked about. The anxiety, the depression, the constipation, the hair loss, all of those things slow down because your thyroid's underproducing. Hypothyroidism, like I said, is the more common. Now that can be caused from a variety of reasons. Like I said, we look into the gut. That's the number one reason in my opinion, because that's what I research. Um, but it also can be caused by the immune system attacking the thyroid gland, which is called Hashimoto's disease. And one in three cases of hypothyroidism is Hashimoto's. So I want to put a little, a little clue in for that. For anyone, if you have hypothyroid symptoms, so if your TSH has been high and you're taking thyroid meds, if you haven't had your thyroid antibodies tested, please have that tested because a lot of doctors don't do that. And we have to know if the immune system is part of this because medicating it will never, it will never shut off why the immune system is so upset. And that was true for me. So I had Hashimoto's, which means my immune system was attacking the T4 production. So I was taking a T4 med that didn't make my immune system happy. And I just kept trying that for almost three decades. And when I addressed the reason why my immune system was upset, which for me was some raging infections in my gut and is true for a lot of my clients, um, when I corrected those issues in my gut, the immune system calmed down, the attack on the thyroid stopped, I was no longer hypo. So the thyroid was able to work. Now hyper, as, as the name is so good to suggest, is the opposite end. So that means that your brain, the TSH is actually low. So your brain is no longer telling the thyroid to make hormone because the thyroid's doing its own thing. So the thyroid is just chugging out T4, T4 all day long. Let's make some T4. And then you might overconvert to T3. So your cells are getting too much mm -hmm. T3 and that will make you feel like a tweaker. I've been on both sides of this. <laughs> so the mm -hmm. hyper, um, yeah, you're just jittery. You're, you're sweating. You're having heart palpitations. You're having issues with racing thoughts. Um, when I'm hyper, it sounds like this to my husband. Can you unload the dishwasher? Why haven't you unloaded the dishwasher? <laughs> like everything has to be done right now. Yeah, for reals. It's like urgency, crazy chaos. So um, women can experience that as well if their thyroid dose is too high. So um, yeah, hyper symptoms and hypo sometimes can look the same, uh, but the difference, at least in my experience with my clients with hyper, there's a different level of like urgency and, um, and weight loss sometimes, mm -hmm. but not always. And the medical model says that you'll lose weight when you're hyper, not always true. So Graves disease is the opposite end of that. And it again is an autoimmune disease, but it most frequently causes the thyroid to ramp up but I want to be clear with Graves' disease because a lot of doctors misrepresent this. They'll be like, well, you're not thin. It can't be Graves. No, you can gain weight with Graves as well. <laughs> so right. getting the right testing, getting the right numbers, looking at the antibodies, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Um, a question came in about the cause of thyroid disease rather than Hashimoto's. It may be, you know, very similar to what you just mentioned. Thank you. <laughs> I could go on for weeks. The cause. 
is different for everyone, mm -hmm. but it can be environmental, it can be genetic, it can be related to um, the gut. So the gut for me is where I focus because Hippocrates told us 2,500 years ago that all disease begins in the gut, all mm -hmm. of it. And about five years ago, um, Western medicine came out and said all autoimmune disease begins in the gut. So that actually in my own path, when I heard that, I was at a gut conference five years ago and they, they came out with this big announcement, all autoimmune disease begins in the gut. And I'm like, well, hang on, I have two autoimmune diseases. One is thyroid, one is mm -hmm. celiac disease. So I'm like, if I have two, why am I not focusing in my gut? Mm -hmm. And when I started doing the gut work, that's when, whoa, everything accelerated. And within a matter of, um, well, years, I reversed it, but truly it was just a matter of months once I knew exactly what was going on. So the gut is where, in my opinion, everything derails because 80% of our immune cells are made there. Right. Yep. So 80% of our health is decided by if we have good gut health or if we have bad gut health. And if we have bad bugs in there running the show, if we've got an imbalance of bad bacteria, it's going to cause problems with the liver. It's going to cause problems with conversion, with the thyroid, with the messages. Everything goes downhill. Yeah. And there's a lot of questions that are coming in about kind of comorbidities, you know, so whether there's thyroid issues with heart disease and diabetes, um, you know, and all the medications that come along with each and every one of those unfortunate, you know, issues that so many of us deal with. Um, it sounds like they're all linked uh, from what yep. it is that you're saying. Yep, all of it. And if you ask me, all of it begins in the gut. And, you know, I always joke because um, remember my big fat Greek wedding? When the dad's like, give me any word, I'll show you how is Greek. The root is Greek. And that's me like, give me any disease, I'll show you how it begins in the gut. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like everything right. goes back to the gut, all of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the genetic component as well. I, I know a lot of the genetic and hereditary in our genes, you know, the gut is a link there as well. Am I right? Big time. And you know what boggles my mind? I'm sharing a lot of mind boggling facts, but this one again, this is huge. So there are 10. There are 10 little bugs for every one human cell in our body. So 10 organisms, that's bacteria, fungus, mold, parasites, 10 living things for every one human cell. So what that means is, Tara, you're talking to a germ right now. Like I am more bugs than I am human. And the most recent research, they call this the microbiome, but the most recent research is showing, you know, we used to think that genetics made all the decisions that if your mom has Hashimoto's, you're going to have Hashimoto's, which is actually true of my mm -hmm. case. But what we know now is those 10 organisms, they decide what in the cell gets activated. So you can have the genetic link. Absolutely. There's DNA that involves, well, obviously eye color, hair color, height, weight, there's, there's links for all of that. But if they get turned on or off has a lot to do with if we have 10 friendly little bugs or if we have nine very unhappy toddlers, which was true for me when my mm -hmm. thyroid was a mess. I had some pretty unruly bugs running the show. Yeah. All right. So let's dig into that. I know that is a whole nother podcast and we, we may have to yeah. do it, Missy. I'm sure there's going to be some demand, <laughs> but let's talk about that. Let's talk about what you did um, 
from a nutrition probably standpoint, I'm gonna assume it's a nutrition change, um, to fix your gut. What are some things that other people can do, you know, whether you know, someone brought up bacterial, bacterial overgrowth in the stomach. Yes. What are some of those gut things that all of us can do, whether or not we have a thyroid issue, um, to give ourselves the benefit of the doubt? Love that. And thank you to my friend that brought up bacteria overgrowth. <laughs> I could nerd out all day. I'm going to rein it in. So what I did and what I do with my clients is test. And, you know, the motto within functional medicine is let's test, not guess. And I fully support that. I say it all day long because I spent 28 years guessing, mm -hmm. going to doctors, looking at TSH, guessing, getting the next supplement on the product or on the market, doing the MLMs, buying a supplement <laughs> store. <laughs> I mean, I had a, a protein powder, you know, all the bells and whistles and potions covered that it's ridiculous. I was living on handfuls of pills and didn't feel any better. And the testing that I use, it's a simple urine test. So comes to your house, you pee in a cup, you freeze it, you send it back to the company. But what we can find from your urine is clues about what's going on in the gut because different bacteria, yeast, mold, fungus, they produce acids. The acids comes out in the urine and now we know you're there because you left behind some sneaky clues. It's just like mouse droppings. Mm -hmm. So now we know there's mice. We've got to figure this out and it will give us clues about what's going on. So that for me was huge because I discovered in my own gut, uh, massive yeast overgrowth, it's very common. Candida is very common. I think every single one of my clients has that, mm -hmm. um, a lot of mold. That's another one I see frequently. I want to talk about that just briefly because mold is everywhere and we're, we're exposed to it. Um, anyone who has a basement, you're going to have mold. If you live in a water damaged space, so if your house has been flooded, um, if it wasn't properly dried, the truth is anytime drywall gets wet, it will grow mold. And mm -hmm. so we all are exposed to it. Homes have it. Schools are notorious for it. Hospitals, workplaces, cars. Now, the problem with mold is remember that T4 that's four ion a protein? Mold hijacks that protein. So if you've been exposed to mold, you can't make your thyroid hormone. And then the other bummer is that that protein right here, it's called tyrosine. It's also needed to make dopamine, which is our mm. feel good, happy reward. Everything's beautiful yeah. neurotransmitter. <laughs> uh -huh. So if you have a lot of mold or fungus in your gut, which most women that I work with do, uh, you're going to be low in thyroid and you're going to be low in motivation and willpower and you're going to gain weight and you're going to have issues with mood and anxiety. And it's mm -hmm. all coming from the mold. So mm -hmm. if we can find the root problem and address that, uh, the thyroid improves, the brain improves, the symptoms go away. Mm -hmm. So testing, you cannot bypass that. If you do that, you'll just continue to guess and put dollars and dollars and dollars into the next supplement that didn't right. address the root cause of the problem. Yeah. Right. Yes, that's fantastic. And I think it, you know, I like the mouse droppings. I'm also envisioning, you know, Hansel and Gretel as well, you know, getting yeah, to the crops. <laughs> so, and I think that's fantastic as well, um, you know, to get to the cause, you know, and stop guessing. And I think that's yeah. so, so important. One of the words that's written on your screen um, shot or the image that you sent over was iodine. We received a question about this as well. Iodine is one of those um, words that is often sent 
and thrown out there when it comes to thyroid issues. So talk to us about iodine, supplements, the dangers in taking it or not taking it as it relates to the thyroid. I'm gonna have to take a deep breath because again, you're, you're gonna have to like tug your ear when I get too crazy because I could go on for days. Um, thank you, by the way, for bringing up that it's on that graphic. Um, I didn't mention that. It says the nutrients needed for a happy thyroid are iodine, L-tyrosine, selenium, and vitamin C. And I just talked about that tyrosine, that's the protein. But the iodine, we need four of them to make every molecule of T4, right? So yes, mm -hmm. iodine is essential. You absolutely need it to make thyroid hormone. And mm -hmm. iodine is in many foods. Um, it's in all the commercially prepared foods. It's high in dairy, uh, seaweed. We hear about that a lot, sea vegetables, mm -hmm. anything that grows in the sea. But iodine is so controversial within the thyroid world because it's one of those things where too much of a good thing is not a good thing. And I have a soapbox about iodine that's so tall <laughs> but I'm going to, I'm going to scale it down, but I want to put in a plug real quick. I do have a private Facebook, Facebook group. Oh, let's try that one. Private Facebook group. Um, it's called thyroid solutions for busy women. It is, it is for women. Again, men, I am not cutting you out. It's just, it's geared towards women. But if you want to join me over there, um, I have several videos on iodine that goes deeper into this topic. But, um, the thing I want to talk about with iodine, it has been added to our table salt. So everyone's familiar familiar with iodized table salt, right, Tara? You know what I'm talking about? Yep, yep. Morton salt, got iodine in it. And that was done in the 1900s. Yeah, good old Utah Morton salt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Got to have that Morton's, right? So back in the 1900s, they started uh, fortifying salt with iodine because of swelling that was going on in the thyroid gland. And so the World Health Organization was like, oh, we better just give everyone iodine. <laughs> so... They put it into salt. Now, the, the thyroid gland only needs about 50 to 200 micrograms of iodine a day. Now, that shouldn't mean anything to you because what does that mean? <laughs> right? Like, what is 50 to 200 micrograms? I don't know. Let's put it in perspective. A quarter teaspoon of table salt has 50 micrograms. And most people eat anywhere from two to three teaspoons of salt a day. And that's because it's in all of our packaged foods, right? So maybe you're not choosing to sprinkle salt on your food. And that's what a lot of my clients say, well, I don't eat table salt. Okay. Well, do you eat bread? Do you eat packaged foods? Do you eat convenience foods? Do you eat out? Do you eat chicken? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, sure. so all of these foods that we buy commercially made, they use iodized salt. Therefore the levels of iodine are going up and up and up. So um, one of the great resources I like to recommend for this, there's a doctor named um, Alan Christiansen, and he wrote a book called The Thyroid Reset Diet. It came out just about a year ago, but he has some great research on what I'm talking about, um, how iodine is supplemented in everything, or we use salt in it. But he found that the average American is eating anywhere from like five to 10 times the amount of iodine that we should be eating. And what happens in that case, this is so interesting. You know, we talked about the thyroid needing iodine and a little bit of it is great, but when you get too much of it, so if you're eating a lot of commercial packaged convenience foods, it oversaturates the thyroid and it's like a sponge that's so full, the thyroid now can't even make T4. 
Right. And what's interesting is if you're if you're having a thyroid storm, like I talked about with the hyper, if you're making too much thyroid hormone and you go to the doctor, the emergency room, they'll actually give you massive doses of iodine to stop the thyroid. Wow. Yeah. So Western medicine has known this for a long time. We know that high iodine will stop the thyroid. So this is where I get a little soapboxy because in you know, I work in holistic and functional medicine and so many of my colleagues, if somebody has a thyroid problem, they'll be like, take massive doses of iodine and this will jumpstart your thyroid. And I had this, I had the same experience. I was taking almost mm -hmm. five milligrams a day at one point and I felt horrible. My skin, like literally my skin was like falling yeah. off of my face. Um, yeah, it did not feel good. And my practitioner was like, then you need more. <laughs> <laughs> So no, more is not better. And I'm happy this question got asked because it's good guidance for anyone with a thyroid issue, but anyone with a human body, which is all of us, mm -hmm. um, to be mindful of that. So you don't want to be taking more than 200 micrograms a day. And what I see from owning a health food store is that most multivitamins, uh, the average amount they put in is 150. So that's like mm -hmm. the standard, I'm going to make a multi, we're going to throw in 150 micrograms of iodine, right? So keep in mind, if you take a multivitamin that has 150, you only got a quarter teaspoon of salt wiggle room. You better believe right. you're going to be eating over that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So should you toss the supplements? Eh, but you should be mindful of it. And the thing you should toss though is the iodized table salt. Like if you're on this call, if you're listening to the replay, do yourself a favor, throw out your table salt. Your thyroid will be so grateful. You can replace it with um, kosher salt. I love kosher mm -hmm. salt. That's a great replacement. Mm -hmm. Himalayan salt, the Salt Lake City real salt. Good choice. <laughs> so yeah, ditch the table salt. Your, your thyroid will thank you for that. Oh my gosh, definitely something we can all do, you know, one take home message at least that we can do. Yeah. Um, Missy, the testing that you were talking about, just a couple follow ups to that. Um, if insurance covers testing like that and yeah. where someone could go about in getting started with those tests that you're talking about. Again, thank you. <laughs> I was telling Tara before we pushed record, there's a gif of Shaquille O'Neal that he's shaking his shoulders and he has this like look on his face where you know that he's thrilled. That's me with this question. I'm so thrilled. Um, yes, thanks for that. So I offer this testing in my practice. Um, I have a 16-week thyroid program that includes the testing, includes coaching guidance. We cover everything from your thoughts down. So we work on those mindset pieces of like, do you even really believe you can get better? Like, let's start there. What, what have you been told about your thyroid health? What do you think is going on here? And, and then, um, of course, we move down and find testing. So I offer it, functional medicine practitioners offer it. It's called the organic acids test. And yes, insurance does reimburse on this. So within my practice, we don't, we don't take insurance up front, but clients can be in re reimbursed up to $400 for that test. And um, plenty of my clients do that. Um, so that is reimbursable. But the thing with the organic acids test, I want to I want to tell people because I see this happen with my clients all the time. If you go to your your primary care doctor and you ask for an organic acids test, they'll look at you like you have three heads and then they'll say, "Why do you want that?" Because mm -hmm. they do have an organic acids test, but it has like eight markers on it. Mm -hmm. And it's used to see if you're in diabetic ketoacidosis. So it's used for like really severe, intense 
blood sugar issues. It's also used to look at genetic, um, potential genetic defects. And they use it in kids frequently to look at, you know, issues with metabolizing different sugars or different things. So they will be really confused if you walk in and say, I have a thyroid problem and I heard this girl on the internet and she said I should get the organic acids <laughs> test. Now, how do I know that? Because I've had clients do it. So the yeah. funniest thing is that doctors have pulled tests for them. So then the client sends me the test and she's like, my doctor said it's normal. He's confused why I needed that. And it's like, good mm -hmm. news. You don't have any genetic defects and you don't have diabetes ketoacidosis. Things look good for you. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, the organic acids test that I use, it's from a different testing company. It checks for 80 markers and that's the acid specifically for, like I was saying, for mold and for yeast and for bacteria. It also looks into your liver function. So it helps us understand if that T4 is converting. And then one of my favorite things about this test is it shows us how your serotonin, your dopamine, your adrenals, it shows that. And it's so validating for women who have struggled with anxiety or depression or, you know, even taken SSRIs um, or Wellbutrin, like a lot of women on thyroid issues have Wellbutrin or Lexapro. Um, the test will show us if that's even the right fit. And right. so many of my clients are on those medications. And then we discover that it's not even a serotonin issue. It's a dopamine problem. Right. And it's like, oh, no wonder why that wasn't helping me. It's not the right med. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did that answer the question? It does. Yes. And I think, you know, we're kind of rounding our 45 minutes here together. But Missy, I want you to let people know how they can get hold of you. And if you wouldn't mind repeating that Facebook group one more time as well, um, you know, how do we get hold of you for more information? I'm going to make it so easy. So if you head to my website, it's uh, www.missybeaverscoaching.com. And at the top of the website, you will see an invitation to take my thyroid quiz. I highly recommend every do, everyone do that. It's 30 seconds. It is a great quiz, whether you have a diagnosed condition or not, whether you're wondering if your symptoms are thyroid related, it is a great place to start because it will give you some clues about what might be going on and what the root cause might be. So start there. Um, as you scroll down the page, there is a link to join my Facebook group. So you can either access it from that page or uh, just go to Facebook and search for Thyroid Solutions for Busy Women, and um, you'll see my face on that. So you can come on in. We'd love to have you. And um, yes, you'll also see on the page, there's also uh, a chance to watch my Fast Track class that talks more about all the things we just talked about. And also you can book a call to chat with me and my team. And that is the quickest and easiest way to get some personalized direction. So don't hesitate to do that. You can just go straight Pasco, go straight to book a call. We would love to talk with you. Um, talk about testing that would benefit you, get you into the right program so that we can get you the fastest and easiest way out of here. Yes. And this is fantastic as well. You know, the integration between your, you know, your targeted intervention with the Orion wellness program as well. So always recommending gathering all the information, tips, tricks, tools to reach your optimal well-being and missy is a great resource to bring into your coaching relationship if you are working with an orion health coach or if you're not um, amazing resource that missy is bringing and so thank you from myself and all of those that are listening and recorded listening um and missy i have a sneaking suspicion that we're going to have you back in 2022 to dive in a little bit more to the gut health um and Yes, the colonial gif is here it is. Um, but again, I really appreciate you being here today. And for all of those listeners and the amazing questions that were brought up, 
Yeah. I had fun today. I hope you did as well. Yeah. Thank you. And I want to say thank you too to everyone that was here live. Thank you for your questions. Thank you for being curious and for taking steps forward with your health. Also, Tara, thank you for the work you're doing um, in providing coaching and services and direction. Getting better and having health, it is a community effort. And having friends and coaches in this process, it's it's key. So thank you for your work. Thank you all for joining. Yeah, I hope we do get to come back and talk about poop. Yeah, oh, even better. No better way to end a podcast with that one word that makes everyone giggle no matter how old you are. So thank you so much, Missy. And thank you everyone for joining the podcast. We will close now. Um, and hopefully you will all join us next month where we're going to be talking about imposter syndrome. So join us then. <laughs> Thanks so much.